0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is none other than Craig Ryan. He's the Director of Social Entrepreneurship for BDC. This is going to be a great conversation, especially for you Canadians, uh, so don't miss it.
1: Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe.
0: Craig, welcome to the show. Hello. We're thrilled to have you and appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today. As Director of Social Entrepreneurship for BDC, what do you do?
2: <laughs> I have a great job. My job is to work with colleagues, bankers, who work at the only bank in the country that's exclusively dedicated to entrepreneurs. And with uh, an internal team and network, we work to attract and support entrepreneurs who are what we call public-minded, community-minded, and uh, squarely social entrepreneurs. So people whose desire in creating a company is to create something that helps create local prosperity, who are proud that it creates livelihoods, who are proud that they have a small environmental footprint, and uh, who gravitate toward a particular certification when they learn of its existence. It's really a socio-cultural movement of people who are creating and managing companies. It's great. Um, I'm
0: hoping you will share an example or two of some of the companies in the bank's portfolio
2: that are Ah, part of your uh,
0: part of your mission here.
2: They range from what would look like at first glance, conventional looking companies um, all the way to hyper creatives, created by people who want to solve a particular problem. And I'll just cite some. We have lots in our portfolio, but we know lots as well. Um, There's a terrific company in Toronto called Intelligard. And Intelligard is uh, a simple company. It's a service company that provides parking lots with the attendance that they need to man the thing in the evenings and weekends. Uh, It has about 500 employees in the city of Toronto, which is a big city. And um, by all accounts, that's a tough sector. By all accounts, it can be a toxic sector. Uh, The fellow Ross, who created and runs the company, is extraordinarily proud of the fact that he, he pays his folks a living wage, which you need to live in Toronto and raise a family, He's very proud of the fact that he provides financial literacy training for his employees. He's very proud of the fact that many of them avail themselves of the deductions to buy shares in the company. So imagine that Mm -hmm. the guy in the concrete box at the parking lot owns shares in the company for which he works. Uh, Morale is in the ceiling. um, Churn is in the basement and they have a lineup of clients and would be clients outside their door. So, uh, a conventional, at first glance, absolutely terrific company that cities like Toronto and countries like Canada need lots of. That's um, great. On the That's yeah, on the further creative end, uh, and Google this one; it's off the charts cool. It's called Seven Virtues, created by a woman who sources plants in Afghanistan from people who want to get off opium, and she makes wonderful perfumes and related products and sells them through a company called The Bay, which is a huge chain here in Canada. Um, Seven Virtues. It's a profitable, nationwide present company created by a woman who wanted to help people in Afghanistan who wanted to create some local prosperity that wasn't reliant on opium. Well, it's hard to beat that up. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's
0: working. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. We love it when that works. We love it when that works. So uh, what kinds of services does your bank offer to social entrepreneurs? I I imagine loans and checking accounts. Yeah,
2: yeah. The the reflex in most of the banking world and some of the business world is that entrepreneurs like the two I've just mentioned or social entrepreneurs are an exotic breed that need different things. And also that they're decision to create a broad value and pay employees well, for example, means that they are delaying profitability or eroding profitability in some way and that somehow they're weaker businesses. Um, we're a bank and our opposite has been uh, sorry our experience has been the exact opposite. They are just like every other company. They are as robust as every other company. They're as profitable as every other company. Those who certify as a B Corp tend to be better managed, in fact. And so what this means is that what we offer our social entrepreneurs is exactly what we offer everybody else. No different terms, no special services, no special favorites. These businesses, these entrepreneurs, are just as rigorous and just as successful as any other conventional business. And I think that's really powerful.
0: It is. It is tremendously yeah. powerful. So uh, BDC itself is a B
2: Corp, right? That's right. Yeah, we've been certified for about five years now, and we are smack in the middle of our recertification.
0: That's terrific. Now, you are it, there can't be a lot of banks that are BDCs.
2: Do you know how many there are? Uh, there aren't. There are a handful of um, triple bottom line banks, in the U.S., and Europe, who have certified. And here in Canada, we've seen the recent arrival of credit unions, smaller regional credit unions who are joining the B Corp movement. And um, it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see parts of the finance sector um, rediscover with a new vigor its purpose in the marketplace and in society, and, and that's to help the people who are creating and growing the companies that help give us the local and the national prosperity that we need. Sure. It's, um, yeah, yeah. it's not complex, really.
0: <laughs> yes, I can imagine. So, uh, Craig, how long have you been with the bank now? I've been with BDC for nine years now. And your, your career is wide-ranging. So, so you have a Master's of Public Administration from Harvard. Uh, you've done international development work. Tell us a little bit about your background before the bank.
2: Sure, sure. I had, um, the early part of my career was spent um, working with uh, civil society organizations in international development uh, in South America and Eastern Europe and the Middle East. I then went into public policy. So I worked as a policy advisor to um, ministers in our uh, government system responsible for the environment and uh, international development as well as another range of issues. And then I reinvented myself as a corporate uh, social responsibility advisor with clients mostly in the energy and pharma sector, so larger firms. And uh, then I discovered BDC. And that career evolution wasn't plotted out ahead of time. It's It was an evolution that when you look back on, you see a spinal column, but wasn't planned. Um, What I learned in the public sector was that if people in private sector forces aren't helping you bring about what we call a a broader societal goal, um, it's really not helpful. (laughs) And when private sectors are pushing in the wrong direction, it's damn unhelpful. what I learned when I worked as a CSR advisor to large firms is that usually those efforts are superficial and cosmetic because the purpose of the multinational firm in question is um, shareholder value deified, calculated and extracted every quarter. Right. and so, that's why we, I personally, and we BDC have left the mainstream CSR world, and um, our thinking is very clear on this now. If it isn't hardwired into your company purpose, you're wasting your time. And by wasting time, I mean helping bring about systemic change. If you do traditional stuff in a company, it's it's sure that you can have a real impact in the lives of some real people and, and do meaningful things. Um, What I'm interested though is is a broader systemic change, a greater private sector contribution to uh, a thriving society and an environment that'll be here two generations from now. And what I learned when I started working at BDC was that a great many of the people creating these companies are usually in effect obliged to adopt a corporate form that makes an abstraction of them as a citizen and a person and turns them into a one-note machine which is shareholder value, calculated and extracted every three months. When that is not how many, many people think and many, many people want to be and act. So the appeal of the B Corp movement was well, one it's comprehensiveness; it's more comprehensive than most business certifications. But most powerfully is it doesn't fuss with anything that's cosmetic. If you do not put the broader societal value creation into your company purpose, which dictates activity, which dictates strategy, well, then you can't certify. And what I see when I look at people like who run Ross, who runs Intelligard, or Barb, who runs Seven Virtues is people who are very B corp in their thinking, and when they discover their certif- certification, they say, wow, it's comprehensive and broad-minded, like I try to run my company, and, and that's me, that's my tribe. I define my company by its purpose, and my purpose is broader, and if you bankers have trouble getting your head around how I don't match your theory, well, maybe you should change your theory. <laughs> it's really... Um, It's a a really simple thing. Purpose. Terrific. What is the most
0: important lesson you've learned over your career?
2: Learned a lot. I have more than one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We only have time for one.
2: Open-minded intellectual humility. I've shoehorned two in there. Tell me about it. Yeah, the, it's interesting. It's it's fresh in my mind because of conversations I've just had a few days ago. Uh, we BDC are about ready to confirm financing support for people at a particular organization. And I'm not at liberty to speak about it, but every time one of my colleagues learns about the file, they call me and they say, wow, this is really interesting. What on earth is it? And I explain it, and it smiles all around, and it's approving, and we're going to proceed and what I learned was, you know, if you want to be an innovative bank, you don't really have to be that innovative yourself. You just have to be open-minded, and it will walk through the door. Like, I would never have had the idea to, to do what Barb did at Seven Virtues. And we're constantly meeting people whose proposals make us blink, and we learn to be polite, say, what? You're going to do What? And very, very often, it's successful. And so, it's really important to, especially if you're a banker, shut up and keep your mind open. And the creatives and the innovatives will walk through the door.
0: Fantastic. As you look back on your career, uh, you've done some remarkable things. You're doing great things now. why? What what was it that motivated you in your own personal heart? What what's your connection to all of this good?
2: Ah. You know, I had an answer prepared for that question and as I hear you re-ask it in person, I'm um uh, I'm brought deeper. Um, what motivated me to chuck CSR and turn toward the B Corp world was learning that it, it was a weak approach based on a flawed theoretical premise, and so that's why we're a B Corp now. But what motivates me as a person, I, I think it was uh, the power of experiences and other people in formative years. Uh, I have an aunt, now deceased, who was an activist, go-getter, Catholic nun wonderful, wonderful woman, Marie, my dad's sister. Uh, When I was very young, backpacking in Ecuador, was approached by a child in the city, looking at me eat my lunch. It was clear the child was hungry, and I had no idea how hungry, because when I handed the child a banana, seven years old, or seven or eight years old, a young child, in their desperate hunger, they grabbed the banana and started to eat it without peeling it. And I can remember standard-issue, middle-class, spoiled brat North American, <laughs> thinking, wow. I'm In the genetic lottery of life, I really lucked out. And so when I see people like Ross at Intelligard or Barb at The Seven Virtues um, creating real value and real opportunity for real life human beings. (laughs) All I can do is applaud. And all I can do is say, if we're a bank dedicated exclusively to entrepreneurs, it must include them. And our job is to try and help them. So that's why.
0: That's fantastic. Craig, what is your superpower?
2: (laughs) Now, this one I thought about. And... On the train this morning into work, when I decided that I'm gonna answer squarely, say that I don't have one, and I think it's important that we not even think in terms of superpowers. I'm talking to you today, and you're in the United States, of course, and so in your country, you recently celebrated Martin Luther King's birthday. As it happens, I've studied and been immersed, or not immersed, but studied a bit, Martin Luther King's life, and what I know from his life is that years or decades later, He's on the pedestal. He's the cultural icon, but Mr. King was smart enough to realize that it takes an army of people. And so he had a team of advisors and a well-run network of people who were motivated and organized. And I believe it was him who said people are moved by ideals or only moved by other people who have ideas. And, they very carefully, very thoughtfully, and effectively motivated, helped organize, inspired armies of other people to, in human ways, try and affect institutional societal change. And I think that in our In our individual glorifying Western society, we tend to always look for a different savior of some kind, or some one individual is going to do it all. There there was a spasm of that last week after Oprah Winfrey spoke at the Golden Globes. Um, Could she be our president? I'm sure the poor woman is freaking out at the thought, but um, the reflex to find saviors who have powers or charisma that are greater than ours is a huge mistake. We shouldn't look for that. We should create it in ourselves and we should organize others and create a change that survives our exit. Even if it's only incrementally better, it's better. No, no superpower. (laughs) I hope that's not too long an answer. Well, Craig, I really appreciate you taking
0: the time to be with us today. Before you go, would you take just a minute and tell people how they can... uh, learn more about BDC and the social entrepreneurship programs there and how they can connect with you personally?
2: Oh, really, really easy. Um, Just remember www.bdc.ca. That's our website, and you'll find everything you need to know there. The only thing you have to remember about us is that we're the only bank in Canada that only does one thing and one thing only, real live human beings and the real economy who create companies. And in the About BDC section of the website, you'll see the reference to B Corp. And when you click on B Corp, you see my face and my email address.
0: Fantastic. Well, Craig, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, and we wish you every success in the good work that you're doing. Thank you very much, Devin. righty, right. Let's do some good.
1: Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts On Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash devinthorpe subscribe to this podcast on stitcher or itunes by searching for your mark on the world every weekday devin hosts a ceo celebrity entrepreneur or other change maker here on the your mark on the world show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark devin is a champion of social good writing about